0: We'd like to welcome you to uh, this special teaching that we're doing tonight on January twelfth, two thousand and ten, and this teaching is going to be exclusively dedicated to answering uh, many of the allegations that have been leveled by Ed Watson um, in not only in recent days but going back. Um, he's put out two different teachings where you know he's went after me pretty hard, and that's fine. That's his prerogative. Uh, The reason that I haven't done anything until now is because I've been compiling information regarding this matter. The PDF that will be attached to this teaching is 65 pages of, essentially, documentation regarding this matter in totality. And so, since he has made a pattern of doing this over and over again, attacking different in various people, whether it be Pastor Sam Adams, Dr. Dixon, um, people that have went against him. This is an absolute established pattern. This is the first time I've ever done a teaching like this, ever, where I've devoted something to this. And this teaching isn't about me. Ed Watson has tried to make this recent issue uh, regarding the turmoil that has surrounded him, he's tried to make it about me. And this issue has literally had very little to do with me, actually. And hopefully by the end of this presentation, we're going to prove that. And if you talk to the people involved with this that have experienced a lot of the uh, recent events, uh, they would confirm that I have had very little to do with this. But I have been put in the middle of it, and I am thankful that I've been put in the middle of it because... Uh, I believe I've been called to expose this issue. I have a right to defend, uh, really it's more about defending these people. This teaching is about giving other people, the ones that have been first-hand eyewitnesses to the recent events in the past weeks and the past months, it's about giving them a voice. Many of these people are very severely traumatized over what they've went through. And we're going to be looking at the transcripts of actually what went on regarding this issue. We're not going to do that right off the bat. Um but we're going to be looking at that. I'm going to be reading it to you right from the things that were sent to me. Uh and really the thing is is, you know, pray and fast about it and, and ask God who is on the side of righteousness. And this is what I've proposed to Ed. May the Lord Jesus Christ judge between him and myself to see who is on the cause of righteousness. That is the only thing that really matters to me. I pray God shut my mouth if I am in the wrong. That if I am on the cause of wickedness. But there's very many Bible verses that that um, would indicate otherwise, particularly in lieu of the information that we're going to be going over. And these Bible verses may, may not make a lot of sense to you regarding the situation right off the bat, but I think when we get to the end of this 25-page document, which I've abbreviated, and um, I've abbreviated for the sake of of this teaching. The 65-page document will be attached to the teaching, but I've tried to hone it down to 25 pages, about as short as I could make it, because this has been a long time coming to do this type of thing. Romans 16, verse 17 and 18 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Uh, 2 Timothy 4, 15 through four, fourteen through 15 says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. So, there is clear biblical precedent in the Bible for marking these types of individuals. And you will have to judge by the end of this teaching if um, these verses would apply to the man in question. That's up to you. That's between you and God. 2 Timothy 4.10 says, Demas have forsaken me, having loved, loved this present world. In other words, Paul named them by name. It's not unbiblical to do this because this is not done in the modern day churches, is one of the main reasons that the church is in the shape that it's in. Because any form and any manner of sin and bad doctrine can come into a church, and nothing's done about it. Most of the time, in a lot of the different churches, if um, if you were going to purge somebody out, you'd have to start with a pastor. Not everybody, but many of them. Titus 1, 9 through 9-14 says, Holding fast the faithful word, as ye have been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine to both exhort and convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped. This is what the Bible says. Their mouths must be stopped. Certain people who subvert whole houses, teaching things they ought not for filthy lucre's sake, wherefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be found sound in the faith. If a person is unrepentant, and not willing to take any blame in regard to a given situation, and there's clearly blame that um <laughs> that I think that would be an understatement of, of lame blame in regard to this regarding Ed Watson. I mean it's the ever, the evidence that I'm gonna present to you is so overwhelming. Uh actually having to put this together, you know, it just strengthened my resolve tenfold, looking at this in totality, everything that I'll be setting before you. And when you have somebody that's absolutely unrepentant and thinks they've done nothing wrong, um, you know, there's a time when you rebuke them sharply. There's a time when their mouths must be stopped. There's a time when you mark them. The Bible says, if you see your brother overtaken in the air, go to such an one in a spirit of meekness, lest they'll also be tempted. This wasn't the case with Ed. He was never, ever in any kind of repentant mode. To go to him in a spirit of meekness would have, because he didn't think he had ever done anything wrong, there was no error committed on his part according to ed watson well we'll look we're going to look at that situation totality and you be the judge whether that be the case now ed had put in his first teaching description that um he implored people that not to judge the message before they had listened to the whole thing he's done two different messages where i've been I've had pot shots taken at me and I knew he was gonna do this because this is his pattern this is what he does when somebody goes against him whether it's a church member whether it's somebody he's consulted online he goes after them that's what he does and he does it in his sermons he uses the pulpit he uses sermon audio in order to do this I've never I've never done what we're gonna be doing tonight I've never thank God I've never been put in a position where actually I had to do this we expose um, people like Benny Hinn and Joel Osteen and people of this nature but I've actually never had to do this with somebody um, like Ed Watson, who at one time i referred to. Another reason that I'm doing this is because a lot of my listeners uh, have found out about Ed Watson through me. In fact, that's almost been the case, I would say, about 100% of the time, if not 99% of the time. So I have an obligation to them to warn them, to warn the flock, to warn my listeners. Okay? I have to do this. I have no choice from a biblical standpoint So, um, Ed's Ed's cited Proverbs 18, 13, and 17 regarding, uh, He that judgeth the matter before he heareth it is both a folly and a shame unto him. Okay, I believe that's the verse he's in reference to. So, what I'm asking you to do is hear me out. A lot of people have heard Ed out. I've had a lot of emails. I've had a lot of things leveled at me. A lot of accusations. So, now all I'm asking is for the same common courtesy. Um, And since he's initiated this attack... Uh, I I know from a biblical standpoint, even from that standpoint, I have a right to defend myself, but not so much to defend myself, but to defend the others and to give them a voice. Now, the first thing we're going to be looking at here um, is a rebuttal from Pastor Sam Adams, um, who has been a very good friend of mine for a long time. I've known Pastor Sam Adams for a long time, much longer than I've known Ed Watson, I've only met Ed Watson on one occasion, and that was only for about, you know, an hour and a half, two hour, you know, as far as the time I actually spent with him was probably more like a half hour to 45 minutes at at most. Because it was at a hurricane preparedness meeting that Mike Slattery was giving. Okay, so that's been my only personal experience I've ever had with him. And I think one of the reasons I'm the one that's been chosen to bring this forth is because I've had very little uh, personal interaction with him. He's so wounded. The people that he's gotten that have gotten close to him, they're traumatized right now. We're going to be talking about that later. It's better that I do this because um, I just believe I'm the one that's that's supposed to bring this forth. And, and I believe that I, the Lord's led me to tie all this together in hopefully a coherent manner so everyone can understand what's going on here. This is a letter that um, Sam Adams sent me. And this was the final draft of this from today, January 12th from um, Pastor Sam Adams. He's up on Sermon Audio right now, and I give you that link on the uh, PDF. he's an excellent preacher, expositor of the word. Um, I've known him, like I said, a lot longer than I've known Ed Watson, just like I've known Dr. Dixon in the accusations and things of this that he's leveled against them. Uh, this heretic label. He loves to just blanketly put on people that go against him in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it's really appalling, and this is Ed Watson's partial response. And I can't put the whole thing up here. If we, if I did that, we'd be here for a ten-part teaching because it's a 65-page PDF. Okay, so I've I've kind of honed this down to about 25 pages, and that's what we'll be going over. And I have no idea how long this is going to take me to get through. Um, I would also ask my listeners that if you deem this this teaching um, worthy, that you would rate it in a positive way, because I know Ed's followers will be vigorously trying to do the opposite as they've done ever since he's released and and started attacking me. Now, I was somebody he had never said a cross word about at all, as far as I knew, and as soon as I went against him in any way, shape, or form, he did to me what he's done to all the others, and he's attacked me, and now I'm essentially the seed of Satan in his eyes. So, I I am asking for that, um, because... You know, I know what's coming on his end. So anyway, let's go further. He says, Dear Brother Scott, now, remember, I'm going to read this, and this is what Pastor Sam Adams is saying. I'm going to let him talk to you. Um, He's writing this letter to me, but I'm going to let him talk to you. And um, that's what we're going to be trying to do, is present their side of the argument. He says, I'm writing this as an open letter of warning against Mr. Ed Watson, self-proclaimed pastor from formerly of Durham, North Carolina, recently moved with a small band following a band of believers to Floyd, Virginia. While most of his local followers have seen him for the devil that we have found him to be, having reportedly fled his cult compound in Virginia for fear of their lives, some even leaving their possessions behind. Now, regarding this, this is probably the first time any of you have ever heard this, I will be giving a transcript of actually what was going on up in Virginia During this teaching that I got to me, it was an instant messaging transcript between two um, believers that were right in the middle of this. I am also going to try to, as much as I can, leave their actual names out of this. Because again, like I said, these people have been really traumatized, really hurt, and I'm going to try to keep their identity as anonymous as I can uh, for the sake that they've already suffered so much as it is. So, going further... Uh, he says they have fled the cult compound and fear their lives, some even leaving their possessions behind. Ed still poses a danger to the body of Christ in general due to his following he has built via the internet and his audience of listeners to the sermons he posts uh, to the Sermon Audio website. His main purpose, My main purpose in this letter is to sound a warning to any that may trust Ed Watson as a respectable preacher of the gospel that I personally know Ed to be an absolute fraud, a doctrinal heretic, a slanderer, a talebearer, and a treacherous backstabber who mal- maliciously and consistently betrays those whom he pretends to befriend. Now again, there's going to be a lot of confirmation of these statements. You may be appalled right now, but there's going to be a lot of confirmation of what we're saying. The Bible says, speak evil of no man, but there's a big difference between evil and truth. We're supposed to mark them, which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine. Why? Why do we do that? Why do we mark them? Well, so other people don't get hurt in the future. And this is for them, too, the people that will be hurt if this teaching isn't done. If I sit silent and and show that I have no backbone by willing to go back and, and, and to do a study like this, there's going to be a lot of other people hurt. And I'll be accountable for that because I could have done something to warn them. So let's go further. Uh, let's see. I that I personally know Ed Watson to be an absolute fraud, a doctrinal heretic, a slander tail treacherous backstabber, who malicious, maliciously and consistently betrays those whom he pretends to befriend. Also, who maliciously betrays those who confide in him for his so-called, quote, counsel. As he extracts intimate details of their personal lives under the cloak of pastoring them, only to later publicize such information against them when they do not perform according to his, controlled, his controlling desires. And again, there's going to be confirmation of this. So, um, uh, Let's see here. When they do not perform according to his controlling desires, or when it appears that he will be exposed, Ed Watson is a rabid, raveny wolf in sheep's clothing, one whom I would strongly encourage you to publicly withdraw from for the sake of your ministry. Now again, I've known... Pastor Adam for quite a while. I have never, ever seen him write a letter like this about anybody. But we're going um, uh, to be looking a little bit at this situation. Again, I only st- I stopped at about page 5 of this PDF because he's going to give you the, the as much detail about this situation that is appropriate. He's literally spent months writing this. Uh, and it's not just him that witnessed it. It was his whole family and even a couple members in his church. This isn't just... Um, in other words, I've never known Pastor Adams to go around having axes to grind and wanting to you know, belittle and degrade other people for the sake of, of puffing himself up. I've, I've never seen that pattern in him whatsoever. So I just wanted to kind of throw that in here. Uh, let's go further. Uh, let's see. So he maliciously betrays those who confided him for the so-called... Counsel. He does this through his uh, degree that he has, I believe, in psychology, as he extracts intimate details of their personal lives under the cloak of, quote, pastoring them, only to later publicize such details against them when they do not perform according to his controlling desires or when it appears he will be exposed. Ed Watson is a rabid, raveny wolf in sheep's clothing, one whom I would strongly encourage you to publicly withdraw from for your sake and your ministry. After the damage Watson did to my family, to me personally, and to our church, I somehow found the grace to leave Ed in God's hands, to not avenge myself, but, quote, to give place unto God's wrath. Which is very biblical. Romans 12, 19. So in other words, this isn't something that Pastor Adams or myself have just made some snap decision on. This has been a long time coming, okay? Particularly on his end, because he knew about this... uh, Way long ago, when I really wasn't aware of this, okay. So for him, he's really been patient before actually stepping forward with this. Let's see here. Um, uh, he he's left it in God's hands not to avenge myself. Okay. Then he goes on notifying Ed that I was calling for the Lord to judge between him and me, remaining silent and praying for the past six months that the Lord would expose Ed's truly evil character to others, as he did to us. It now appears the Lord has done exactly that. Since the dust in our run-in with Ed has settled, we have moved on. And both my family and our church have heard quite enough of Ed Watson. I have nothing to gain at this point by bringing these issues back up. In fact, I risk drawing the attention of those who previously ignored Ed's mad ravings, to the maliciously evil false accusations ed leveled against me and more particularly against my daughter which were clearly designed to propagate and propagated to discredit her testimony against him However, seeing the way the Lord has brought some things to light from the sources and witnesses regarding Ed and how he is continuing to damage others as he did us, I now believe I have a tu- duty both to denounce Ed's blasphemous heresies and false teachings and also clearly state for the record all facts surrounding Ed's attack against my ministry and my family, including the witness facts uh, of his inordinate infect affection toward my 22-year-old daughter and his attempt to get her to break up with her fiancé and in and in his words, "quote, wait until I'm a widower." Now, if you want to read the the full thing on this, I'm not going to get into all of the of the details surrounding that. It. Again, it'd be a ten part teaching if I did. But I, again, you'll see the PDF and the full 26 page uh, letter from Ed Watson will be at the very very start of it, and you can you can read more about that. Since Ed came out. Um, came out of Pentecostalism and now claims to be a Baptist, if Ed Watson wants to contest any of my herein charges against him, then I challenge him to appear as I will before an independent ecclesiastical court composed of at least three mutually agreed-upon independent Baptist pastors. My guess is that Ed will not do so, but will run like a cockroach when the light is turned on, especially since there are now many more witnesses of his very evil nature and behavior. Um... And he quotes Titus 1, 10, and 11 like I, I did at the very start. These are just some initial things uh, regarding Ed. Ed, number one, Ed is a biblically ignorant doctrinal heretic who is completely imbalanced in his theology and preaches a false gospel of security in self rather than true security in Christ and who also sees demons behind every bush, every sin, and every Christian that crosses him. Um, while Ed let's see here, while Ed tried to call me a deceiving Bible corrector, quote, he in fact rejects the authority of scripture and relies on extra-biblical sources for his heresies. Ed has no understanding of the true gospel of grace and only knows a few for, few proof texts from the Bible, which he grossly misinterprets, and some extra-biblical sources. To support um, his inherent ab- and abhorrent doctrine in temporary salvation, his loose view of divorce and remarriage, and his abhorrent or aberrant, unbiblical, and weird methods of spiritual warfare. Uh, for Ed's, let's see here, for Ed's sermon material, he merely adds rambling commentary to verbatim chapter readings out of pseudo-Christian books, which due to his theological buffoonery and ineptitude, he fails to see as heretical and or as a devilish accuser of the brethren. He lambates, slanders, broadcasts outright lies about Christians he has vendettas against. Uh, Ed promotes and preaches verbatim, uh, it promotes and preaches verbatim via the sermon audio website and circulates via email and internet a blasphemous book written by Dr. Kathy Burns deceptively entitled Securing Christ which is a propaganda piece for the heresy of temporary salvation as opposed to eternal life now I understand there's going to probably be a lot of my listeners that say oh we get in a big debate about that this is not what this is about Okay, this isn't about this teaching is about focusing on what has transpired regarding Ed Watson and the, the many and myriad eyewitnesses. So if you don't believe in that, um, in what he's talking about, number one, I would encourage you to read his PDF. You can email Pastor Adams regarding this, and you can actually find him now on Sermon Audio. and um, the uh, I'll, I'll give you the website there. Okay, the website is sermonaudio.com forward slash Pastor. Sam Adams, A-D-A-M-S. And you can email him, and if you want to debate this, because this is not why I'm doing this teaching, but I'm giving him a voice so that he can put this out and in um give him a voice, essentially. So what I'm trying to do, every single person that we're going to be talking to that's emailed me or called me, and I have talked to a ton of people on the phone about this um, in the last weeks, so, going further, it says, In submission to the heretical teaching of Dr. Burns, rejecting First Timothy 2:12, Ed Watson emphatically teaches an idiotic, light-switch view of salvation as a fleeting, temporary condition that can be lost and regained every time we sin and repent. And I have actually listened to some of his teachings um, where I would 100% absolutely say that that was the case. And, um, you know, I, I just... I don't even want to go down that that rabbit trail because that could turn into a whole other teaching. But believing that you know salvation can be won and lost on a momentary basis, um, you know, I, I I just don't see Bible for that whatsoever. So let's go further. Um, contrary to many scriptures, including Hebrews six four through six, which says it is impossible for that to happen, and many other scriptures that say God will not let it happen. In response to this treatise entitled. The Eternal Security of the Believer and the Heresy of Temporary Salvation Doctrine I have documented and refuted, the blatantly blasphemous heresy of Kathy Burns' book, which was emailed to me by Ed Watson, in which Mr. Ed converted into a series of sermon audio messages by reading chapter verbatim out of the book with some added absurd commentary. I have attached my... Now again, if Kathy Burns writes a book on that, well then she's... She's a woman that is acting in the role of a spiritual overseer, a pastor, a bishop, whatever you want to call it. Because she's teaching both men and women, whoever would buy that particular book. And I don't see a whole lot of Bible for that either. Okay, And I've done several teachings on what women can do for the Lord. And that's you can key that into my search box on my homepage on Sermon Audio. Um, SermonAudio.com forward slash Johnson, Dr. Scott Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N. I'm just key the word woman. It's not chauvinistic. I just go through the Bible and what the Bible says regarding this thing. So, um, let's go further. Uh, I have also posted my treatise together with a two-part message series, Internal Security of the Believer. Um, and since Ed has failed to keep two marriages together, this is another point. Since Ed has failed to keep two marriages together and is now on his third, he promotes an unbiblical view of divorce and remarriage to justify calling himself a, quote, pastor. The Bible clearly states in both 1 Timothy 3.2 and Titus 1.6, that an elder, which falls under the classification of a pastor, bishop, spiritual overseer, okay? an elder is to be the husband of one wife, Ed's view is that this means one wife at a time. But this is not the view taken by the Lord Jesus or the Apostle Paul. Mark 10.11-12, through 12, And he saith unto them, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another, committeth adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. Romans 7, 1 through 3, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband, and so as long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of the husband. So then, if while the husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if the husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. While a two-time loser like Ed, who has filed failed at two marriages after claiming to have been saved, may perhaps qualify to remarry in extenuating circumstances of Matthew five thirty two and first Corinthians seven fifteen, he is nonetheless spiritually disqualified from serving as an elder from serving as an elder pursuant to first Timothy three two and five in Titus 1.6. Now, he's qualified from a lot disqualified from a lot of different levels just from what we're going to be going over today. And we'll be looking at those verses as well. That's just one of the ways that he is actually disqualified from actually calling himself a pastor. Furthermore, after the way I treated my daughter, detailed below, or detailed in his PDF, and in the way he has revealed himself to be a habitual liar with adulterous tendencies, I believe evidence will show that Ed was the guilty party whom God will hold responsible for his first two divorces. In Ed's case... He is also disqualified as an elder pursued to 1 Timothy 3 2 through 10 as a brawler, a railer, a doctrinal heretic, and also a double tongued liar and slanderer. Ed is not a mere Bible corrector, he is a Bible rejector. Next point Ed, Was- Ed Watson is a vicious, slandering talebearer who has abused the Sermon Audio website as a bully, quote, bully pulpit. From which to launch slander and libel against those he decides to discredit and attack for strictly personal reasons, in blatant rebellion against the scriptural forbiddance of doing so. Um, Leviticus 19:16, Thou shalt not go up and down as a tailbearer among thy people; neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbour. I am the Lord. Proverbs 11:13, A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit. Concealeth the matter. Now, I've been on, on the phone with him enough times to say I can definitely say I've, I've witnessed this firsthand. When all the stuff broke about uh, Mike Slattery. Now, regarding Mike Slattery, there was obviously some things there that were valid. Uh, but to go into all the gory details that Ed did in the teaching, and I really regret posting that teaching from him. But at the time, I didn't know, uh, I didn't know all of the things that we're getting into today about Ed. Uh, I, I just didn't have any idea. But, um, you don't... You, you, we're not to go around and get into the gory, gory details of sin in, in to to publish that everywhere. Um, anyway, let's go further here. Um, he that goeth about as a tailbearer reveal, revealeth secrets. Therefore meddle it not with him that flattereth with his lips. Ed Watson is by far the most evil... And this is Sam Adams, uh, back to his... Expose, Ed Watson is by far the most evil, vicious tail bear I've ever known. In my case, he not only posted his slander, lies, and unwitnessed accusations to sermon audio, he also did so to our church Yahoo group email list—an overtly evil act for which the Lord will hold him accountable, according to Proverbs six nineteen, First Corinthians three seventeen, and First Timothy five nineteen. Ed did this to discredit both me and my daughter, to preempt my release of her in charges. Now. Remember what I said that Ed had a pattern? Well, this is what he does. If he can get to the microphone, as soon as something happens, he will I mean, as soon as all the stuff happened up in uh, Virginia that we'll be talking about, he had a, a teaching, the next teaching was about me, and then the next teaching was about me as well. Okay? This is how it goes with him. I knew this was going to be the case. Okay? Why does he do this? Because he's trying to preempt things. He's trying to discredit the person that will ultimately might come to the forefront and try to defend himself. And that way, when when all the lies and all the other things that are said by Ed, what ends up happening is when that person comes to the table and tries to defend himself, well, he's already discredited because Ed's already slaughtered him. That's how he works. Why is he doing this? Because he's guilty. And he's trying desperately to get the spotlight off himself and onto others. He's an accuser. And this is what accusers do. I've been around enough of them. I, I, I've been, I have run so the gamut with people like Ed in my life. I, I've seen them in so many shapes and forms. He's one of the most flagrant I've ever been around. And he's probably one of the best at what he does. But this is his MO, his modus operandi. This is how he works. So um, this is just another proof of that. So, um, it did this to me to discredit both me and my daughter to preempt my release of the Heron charges, and also to cause discord in my church, and to help Mike Slattery build back a following in our area, after Mike had resigned from the pastorate of our church. See, this relates to this whole situation, starting really with Mike Slattery, who this this teaching is not about, you know, bad mouth of Mike Slattery, but he does, he, he does come into play regarding, you know, this whole matter, and, um... Anyway, let's see here. Also to cause discord in our church to help Mike Slavery build back a following in our area after Mike had resigned from the password of our church. This fact is clear from Ed's emails to me pasted in below. Ed gets close to people, pretends to be their friend or pastor, gets personal information, and then twists and distorts the truth and maliciously and viciously broadcasts lies and slander to the internet. And I'm telling you, we're going to see this pattern over and over again in this teaching that we're doing here. So, um, then uh, he goes on to say, He has done this to me, to my daughter, to Dr. Greg Dixon, to Mike Slattery, and now to Brother Scott, and many others as well. In his sermon posted to Sermon Audio on August 14th, 2009, titled, A Heretic Caught Red-Handed, released after Dr. Dr. Dixon decided not to baptize Ed, due to Ed's doctrinal error, Ed accused Dr. Dixon pastor emeritus of Indianapolis Baptist Temple, and one of the fathers of the unregistered church movement in America, and who's also a personal friend of mine, that's me talking, okay, he accused him of helping me take over former pastor Mike Slattery's church by fraud and deceit. Quote, fraud and deceit. Ed's audio consisted of an edited doctored three-way phone conversation between Ed, Dr. Dixon, and Mike Slattery, in which Mike Slattery had a chance to set the record straight, but in this case, refused to do so, and instead helped Ed propagate his lie. For which Mike has since apologized in writing to both me and Dr. Dixon. So, I say that to, to uh, Mike Slattery's credit, okay? Um, and, and in fact, I love Mike Slattery. I, I understand that, that there's a lot of... Uh, I, I love the man. I always love him. Anyway, let's go further. Ed also posted that an audio, a PDF file containing rabidly insane accusations against both me and my daughter, which is mentioned, were made in clear attempt to destroy our testimony against him. Now, this is a good teaching to do in general, because The Bible says evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It says that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, the thing that I've seen over and over and over again regarding this whole matter with Ed Watson is that he is accusing people of the very thing he's guilty of most of the time. That's the thing, that, and this is, this is what accusers do. They speak lies and hypocrisy. They're, they're lying about something that they themselves are guilty of. What is that? That's a hypocrite. And then their conscience is seared with a hot iron. It's like, it's as though they can tell these huge gigantic lies or, or pseudo-twisting truth and have no conscience that they've done anything wrong. And they're so unbelievably convincing. They're so good at what they do. Well, the spirits that operate through people like this have been on this planet literally for thousands of years, and they're very adept and very good at what they do. Remember, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes and principalities and rulers of wickedness in high places. So we could sit here and focus on Ed Watson, but the reality is it's the spiritual battle emanating through Ed Watson that we're really in reference to today. So let's go further. Um... Let's see here. My my response to all of Ed's charges, all of which are blatant, malicious, fabricated lies, is as follows. I was formally introduced to Mike Slattery in November 2004 when he hosted Dr. Dixon for a UBF meeting uh, at his church in Bellevue, to which, at Dr. Dixon's suggestion, Brother Mike invited me to preach. That was also where I first met Brother Scott. And it is. It's where we first met, both... um, uh, Pastor Adams, and myself, I was immediately impressed with him. Um, very good speaker, and his ability to make complicated biblical matters—the stuff that he's wrote on the five hundred one C three church—he's taken very, very complex matters and made them very simple. I told him that before. I mean, I wasn't trying to you know puff him up or anything, but I was always very impressed, particularly with his writing ability. Um, and his—it it was just you know a real gift from God. But anyway. Um, Okay, so, and then in April of 2008, after renewed contact, Mike invited me up to his church to preach again. Four months later, on August 26, 2008, I received a phone call from a member of Brother Slattery's church, Donnie Barber, saying that there was a problem in their church, that he believed Brother Mike needed to step down due to serious family problems and asking me to intervene. I told him I did not want to hear any accusations against Mike without the testimony of other witnesses. I then received calls from two other church members who confirmed the problem. Then I put a call into Brother Mike and left him a message asking him to return my call. Mike returned my call the following day, filled me in on the problem, and asked me to fill in for him until he could put things back together in his family, to which I agreed. Mike told me in that initial conversation that he was once told by a former pastor that if he ever needed to step down from the pastorate, that he needed to get as far away from the church as possible and let the new pastor have free reign, unhindered by the former pastor's presence and assured me that if he could not return to the pastorate, that it was what he would, and that 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 would be what he did. In other words, getting away from the situation uh, of the church. Mentioning the possibility that he would move his family to Idaho, which understandably could not pan out uh, under Mike's circumstances. Okay, so. Okay, so then the next night, Wednesday, August 27th, I showed up. At the church's request, it was a sad night, only about 15 people in attendance. Mike made some comments about his wife not returning, and introduced me as the church's new pastor. Which shocked me a bit, as I, as it probably did the others as well. I told the church that I was there under Mike's authority, that he was still the elder, and that I was only filling in until he could be restored, calling for a time of fasting and prayer for the Slattery family. Over the course of the next month, I preached several topical and doctrinal messages so the church would know where I stand on controversial issues in the event they needed to call me as their pastor. In other words, he was trying to be totally above board, which is what you should do, and he did that. And it doesn't surprise me that he did that, because I know what kind of type of person that he is. So, anyway, let's go further. On Wednesday, uh, September 17, 2008, I received a call from Mike Slattery saying he had decided that he could not return to the pastorate. I asked him if he was absolutely sure, and he said he was... He was sure and that his decision was final. He said that he was planning to continue hosting his hurricane preparedness meetings, though. Uh, But that he would not in any way compete with the church or start another church in the area. I had an uneasy feeling about this holding ongoing meetings, but did not raise an objection at that time. The next time, the next day, Mike sent me the following letters of resignation via one of the church members' emails. Um, And this is... The letter of resignation from Mike Slattery. Dear friends and family at Freedom Baptist Church, first of all, I would like to thank you for your prayers and fastings on behalf of my wife, children, and myself. You have always been in mine. Uh, You have always been in mine. Okay. Oh, prayer and fastings. Okay. I began pastoring over 10 years ago at what was then a remnant of Fellowship Baptist Church. We were 501c3-minded back then. Then, uh... Though unincorporated and still unregistered, however, we walked and talked like we were. When I read the paperwork on the tax ID and exemption requirements, I realized that there was no way I could continue as anything resembling a 501c3. Okay, now I'm just going to kind of scan down here because this isn't really relevant to a lot of the what we're getting into today, but I am going to include this in the in the PDF, obviously. Um, my my dear friends. Um, Let's see here. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, my dear friends, please forgive me if I've offended any of you or caused any of you to stumble. Now, this is from Mike Slatter, his resignation letter. That was never my intent. Pray for my family um, and myself. Uh, let's see here. I do, as of now, September 17th, 2008, resign as the bishopric of Freedom Baptist Church. That's another way of saying bishop or pastor It's just more of a King James way of saying it, Uh, old King James. Uh, This letter shall serve as testimony to this. And then he goes on to say, I would like to recommend for my replacement Sam Adams. He has proven himself to be very knowledgeable and understanding of the 501c3 and other entanglements related to the church polity. He is in fact the only person that I know of who is biblically qualified to pastor a church within 150 miles. I have been praying for Sam and his family to come and be part of Freedom Baptist Church for many years now. I believe God has answered that prayer. You can trust Him, even as you, as you have trusted me. I pray that your trust was earned. Now, or this, you know, if, if you have respect for Mike Slattery, then this letter should carry some weight regarding Pastor Adam's testimony as well. I mean, I know I've already endorsed him, but this was Mike Slattery endorsing him as well. Okay, so... It's just something to think about here, because the Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is established. And what we're trying to do here is give you a lot, a boatload of confirmation here regarding this matter. So, um, let's see here. Where you and... uh, This is Mike Slattery. Let's see here. Um... Okay. Where you and I have not always agreed on things that I've preached on or taught, you hung in there and agreed to disagree so that we might move forward in Christ. I pray you afford Sam Adams the same courtesy. Brethren, do not fight among yourselves. Do not bicker. Love the brethren. Be merciful. Have pity. Meddle not in other men's business. If possible, be at peace with all men. See, if if it be possible. The Bible says, inasmuch as lieth within you, live in peace with all men. Sometimes that's not possible, though. And this is a situation where it's not possible to have peace with Ed Watson. So, then what's the alternative? The alternative is all the verses we gave at the beginning of this study to mark them, to um, expose this type of, of, of um, things that are going on in the church. Because if it doesn't get exposed, more evil will come of it. So, let's go further. Um, Meddle not in other men's business, if it be possible, be at peace with all men, especially those that be of the household of faith. Brother Mike Slattery. Okay, that was the letter. Or in abbreviated form. Okay, so then, back to Pastor Adams. Mike also contacted Dr. Dixon for his recommendation before recommending me to the pastorate. His letter was read to the congregation Sunday night, September 21st, 2008. And um, at the meeting, I preached a message, quote, where I stand. And I mean, I remember when I heard this, when um, Pastor Adams got this. I, I was so happy that that if of all people that I thought was a fit there and qualified to be there I felt it that he was the one my name came up and I said whoa whoa I'm not a pastor <laughs> I mean um I'm a watchman I'm a pastor and and as Ed or as Ed put in there I'm unordained yeah it's true I am unordained I just believe the holy spirit that will um Jesus talked about the holy spirit that I will send will teach you and cause all things to be brought in remembrance that I've taught you. Okay, I'm a watchman. I've never called myself a pastor. Um, I'm not called to that position. Um, he's claimed I don't go to church. Well, when you hear my studies on Sunday mornings, this is a special study we're doing today. Um, I'm here with a widow, a Christian widow, um, uh, in her uh, 60s. And my daughter, and the Bible says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. I do not attend any of the local churches because I've been to the ones that are, I would say, the most qualified. And they're essentially 501c3 institutions, and there's a lot of lukewarmness and a lot of things that go on in there that I don't want to have any part of. And trust me, I tried for a lot of years. I had a lot of years where I, where I went from different and various churches Um, And I ran the gamut. I started out in the whole charismatic thing and Pentecostal, and then I went from that to an independent, fundamental, King James-only type of church. And, um, you know, I just couldn't find anything that that was there. And my last um, bout with this was essentially I ended up leaving the church. It was actually... Um, over the whole Xmas issue, because I was teaching adult Sunday school, and um, that whole Xmas issue came up, and there was a lot of people in that church that really uh, took issue with me on that. And you know, that was what launched me into sermon audio. So uh, I've been in a lot of these different situations, and um, when we meet here, we typically partake of the Lord's Supper. We pray before and after. Um, so. That level, that charge that he leveled against me, I wanted to address that as well, um, because I knew that that was an issue for uh, one of the things that he had brought up. And um, let's see, let's go further here. So, Pastor, this, this letter of resignation was read to the congregation Sunday night, September 21st, 2008. At the meeting, I preached a message, quote, where I stand, laying out my position on several issues, such as Christian liberty, dress standards, and many other areas of potential controversy. I told the church that I would not accept the position of pastor if there was any dissent or if the calling was not unanimous. Uh, after the... Re- I mean, how much more above board could he be? Okay. Uh, anyway. Um, after the meet- regular meeting, I met with the men in the church, opened myself up to questions, and then the men unanimously, unanimously voted for me as their pastor. This should be conclusively show that Ed's accusation that I took over Mike's church by fraud and deceit, and this accusation didn't come way later until Ed started having the problems with Pastor Adams. Up until a certain point, you know, he had nothing evil to say about Pastor Adams, Evil, either only good, just like me. But when it came down to where there started to be differences... Uh, and or he was going to be exposed. All of a sudden, he changed his position, and he had to contrive things and make up things in order to accuse Pastor Adams that he took over Mike's church by fraud and deceit. Does this sound like Pastor Adams was trying to take over Pastor Mike's, uh, or Pastor Adams was trying to take over Pastor Mike's church by fraud and deceit? This is all documented. This was his real resignation letter. Where he's how could you? He didn't even, he he wasn't even seeking the position. At all. But this is what Ed ended up saying. And again, why? To discredit him. So that anything that comes out of his mouth just has to be a lie. Why? Well, because he has an axe to grind against me. That's how Ed, That's how Ed's trying to work things. So this should show conclusively that Ed's accusation that I took over Mike's church by fraud and deceit with Dr. Dixon's help was itself based on Ed Watson's self-serving fraud and deceit. Ed has this weird disorder of consistently accusing others of the gross sins which he himself is guilty of, such as being demon-possessed. He does a lot of that. I have been around a ton of people that, and was married to a woman for four years. This was my everyday life, living with a female version of Ed Watson. This is why this subject is Another reason why this subject is so near and dear to me. Not only have a lot of my listeners been damaged and hurt by this, although I believe what Satan intended for evil, the Lord will use for good, and we're going to be um, talking about more of that too as well. But in my personal experience, I've been around a lot of people like him with this accusatory spirit. And, I've, and I know I've mentioned this, but how they operate is they accuse you typically of the very thing they're guilty of. And it's so absurd at the time um, that it's like you almost don't even know how to respond because it's like, whoa, 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 where did that come from? You're accusing me of the very thing you're guilty of? This is how they do they get the spotlight off themselves and onto others. That is what they constantly do. They will never take the blame for anything. What is the root of this? Pride. Pride is the root for that type of thing. And they literally have accusing spirits that work through them. It's like the Bible talks about Satan, he's the accuser of the brethren both day and night. Okay, This is, the, this is the, what I'm seeing going on here, time and time and time again. And you have to understand, most of what I'm presenting tonight, I'm only one person. There's been over 15 different eyewitnesses, I and mean, these are just ones that I know of, and this is not including the children, but there's been over 15 different eyewitnesses just recently of Ed's unbiblical behavior, and of these very things that we're talking about tonight. So, again, I'm trying to give them a voice. The first one here is um, uh, Pastor Adams. Now, Pastor Slattery would also concur on much of this, I'm sure, as well, at this point. uh, Because I know um, he's at odds with Pastor Slattery as well. The the thing you have to ask yourself, and I, I wrote this in the letter, and I'll read that letter later, is that, the thing you have to ask yourself is: Is all of a sudden are we like me and and Pastor Adams and Mike Slattery and Doctor Dixon and all these eyewitnesses that have seen what's went on with that? Is it that we're all of a sudden out to get him, and that we just want to have like some reason to destroy him because we're just all evil, and we just want to like you know condemn him? So that it makes us feel better about ourselves. Is is that is, is that what's going on here? Do you think that's what's really going on here? Now I've only gotten we're on page nine. I got we got to go to page twenty-five. Okay, it's probably gonna take me about three parts to get this done. But this is something you have to ask yourself. And I asked that question to Ed, and you'll you'll read that later. I think I did it a little better when I asked him. But anyway, let's um let's go further. Um the more serious problem with Ed's posting on his sermon audio recording on August 14th involves the PDF posted with his message in which Ed published venomous slander and lies against me, in particular my daughter. See, I mean, you know, you talk about a low blow. You're, you're, going, after, you're going after a pastor's child, his daughter? I, man, I praise the Lord Jesus Christ, my daughter was never around him. I mean, he just lashes out at anybody he can lash out at. Why? To get the spotlight off Ed. Anyway, in his message in which Ed published, Venomous slander lies against me, in particular against my daughter, in an attempt to discredit her testimony against him regarding the inordinate infection he expressed toward her in no uncertain terms. Now, I'm not going to say anything more about that. You'll have to read the PDF, and if you want to, you can contact Pastor Adams. But I know one thing. If that had went on with my daughter, I'd be a little bit mad too. (laughs) And he's been, and Pastor Adams has been through the ringer with people in times past betraying him and his family. And that's all I'm going to say. But, um, um, I, I, I thank God I haven't had to go through what he's went through. That's for sure. I can't even imagine some of the stuff that man's had to endure. And then, this thing happens with Ed. It's just unbelievable. So, let's go further. Uh, This leads to my next point. Three, Ed Watson is treacherously, maliciously, and publicly betrays the confidence of those whom he extracts personal information from under the cloak of counseling them because he's got this psychology degree. Ed did this exactly to my daughter and to Mike Slattery and to others also. To explain this point, I must first explain how Mike Slattery brought Ed Watson onto the scene. Now, I'm going to end there on that. Okay, that's up to about page 5 of his 26-page PDF. I'm doing that for the sake of time because I I don't want to turn this into a (laughs) 10-parter. So, we want to try to keep it as short as we can. I'm almost done with the first part now as it is. Okay, uh, this next uh, is from Dr. Dixon. um, And this is to Sam Adams and uh, Mike Slattery. He says... Regarding Ed Watson, from Dr. Dixon. All I know is that he is a liar. He lied about me and Pastor Adams over the internet. And when confronted by phone in front of my son, refused to retract his lies. He taped the conversation, doctored it, and released it over the internet with more lies. And I hate to say it, but this is what people like him do. They literally, their life is built around doing this very thing. And am I supposed to sit here and make apologies for that? Am I supposed to sit here and make apologies for exposing someone like that? No, I'm sorry, I won't. Like I got prayed at the start of this, may God shut my mouth. May God judge me if I am not on the cause of righteousness regarding this matter. I mean that too. I want him to shut my mouth. It's not like I, he needs to get my permission. But I humble myself before God and pray to God that he would. But so far, that hasn't happened. And um, we're going to look at more some emails I've received. And again, I have taken the email contacts out of here. It's not fair to my listeners that have been damaged. And one of the things about this is virtually this last thing that happened up in Virginia that we'll be getting into, most of what transpired up there, if, if, now, I'm, I'm really trying to analyze the situation, are a lot of what transpired up there. Is there a direct result of them... Finding out about Ed through my ministry, just like when all the stuff went down with Mike Slattery, they had typically found out about him through my ministry. And I'm not bragging, but I feel a certain a large responsibility to help those types of people because I care about my listeners. And and again, it's 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 a biblical obligation to to do that. So um, this is from one of my listeners who had received counsel from Ed, um, and she goes on to say. Uh, I stopped talking with Ed weeks ago when I heard the interview between him and Dr. Dixon. The interview between him and Dr. Dixon was so bad that even a totally unsaved person refused to believe Ed was a Christian. Even the totally unsaved refused to believe Ed was a Christian. Okay, So again, what she was saying is this is when he was going after Dr. Dixon. Her impression of it, and I wasn't trying to she just emailed this to me. She says, I, um, it was so bad um, that even the totally unsaved refused to believe Ed was a Christian. I did not say anything about it, what I was thinking and feeling to anyone but those who were close to me that I knew by overhearing because he was your friend and you did not know me enough for me to have any true credibility with you. Um, God bless you in your ministry. So, uh, she was, you know, that's what she felt about... And I'm, I'm again, a lot of this is giving other people a voice regarding this matter. We've just really touched the tip of the iceberg so far. Okay, so then the next one from her. Um, she, I was going through counsel with Ed, and, he, and when he moved, he refused to talk to me or even answer his phone. He knows things about me that I had not even told my psychologist because I was ready for healing, and when he did the, his teaching on the doctrine of hell... He commented on a particular sin issue I confided him about, and said something along the lines of me going to hell. I did not give it much thought at the time because it was his opinion, but it left me hanging, and I felt a bit violated. When I thought about it later, I realized that what that was why he refused to continue counseling without even telling me he was going to stop. I only felt vi- I not only felt violated but abandoned. I know I am sounding like a child, but also when I go back through the teachings, he did the same through the teachings he did during the time we were talking, when he when he did not like something I said, he would say something about it in his teachings instead of saying it to me directly. I mean that's real biblical. Go behind their back and then and I have I've had that done to me before in churches. I would go to the pastor, this one that first independent fundamental baptist church I told you to go about, and I went to him and about different and various issues that were really flagrant, that were going on in the church. And I wouldn't get an answer What I would get is a kind of a roundabout rebuke from the pulpit the next week. It's a very common tactic for a lot of pastors to do that. So, you know, it's like that's standard procedure for a lot of people. So, let's go further here. Um, When one is upset with me, I would be happy if they came to me instead of announcing it over the internet. I was angry and I attacked, and I attacked in thought because I felt violated, but then felt guilty because I thought I was attacking a minister. I am now concerned because I am feeling a simpleton, like deceiving the hearts of the simple. Uh, I know you're busy, I'm trying to keep this short, but I feel devastated again and I'm fearful to turn to anyone else. God bless you in your ministry. You know this is, this, is, this is no good what we're talking about here. This is not the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance. We don't go around betraying others and doing this. What we're doing today is marking somebody who's totally unrepentant. That has to be marked. okay? But to do this cloak and dagger stuff and going behind people's back is just unbelievable. But I keep hearing it over and over and over again from different unrelated people. Whether I'm talking to them, whether they're emailing me. So, you know, got to a point where I had to do, I've got to do this. I have no choice. Uh, This is another um, email from her. I shared a lot with Ed more than I shared with any other human being. I shared more with him than I did my therapist before I got out of therapy when I did a study on where, quote, therapy comes from. I told him things I did in the past, and I'm very fearful he will share these things with others. So I will tell you what I'm comfortable telling you only out of fear of getting it out and, and you hearing it from Ed, before I begin, he had a strange way of pulling things out of people, even things they are reluctant to tell. I am sure this is from training as a therapist, even therapists have a code to do no harm, but he has done harm to start with the minor from the time I watched uh, from time to time, I watch Fox News, and some of the personalities are on there. One of the teachings he mentioned it is being evil and did it in a very insulting way. But I thought he was doing things according to God's will, except like many other Christians, he has to learn Christ's compassion. <laughs> Boy, that's a. She nailed it there. I did feel a bit violated, but he did not use my name when he did this. I did a lot of things in my past I'm very ashamed of, and that he was able to pull out of me in what seemed to be against my own will. He was able to, in other words, he was able to extract this information almost seemingly against the person's will. I mean, is that of God? The Bible says that we can confess our faults to one another. You know, like, well, i got a bad temper or something like, you know. And I'm not making light of that. But it doesn't say confess your sins one to another. And all the gory details that go therein on those sins. There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. We don't go to Mary, we go to Jesus Christ. Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's who you confess your sins to. He's the one that paid your sin debt. Through his blood, our sin debt is wiped out. Clean. If we confess our sins, he's faithful just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, as the Bible says. Okay, so really what I'm seeing here and what he was doing it seems very unbiblical from that standpoint. Um, and obviously if we look at the way it turned out, you know, None of this information he extracted from her, any good biblical thing, resulted in it. Uh, So let's go further. She said, I did feel a bit violated, but he did not use my name. Okay. uh, Even though he says he abandoned his psychology degree, I am not so sure that what he is saying on the matter is true at all. He does it quite well, which is probably why he is able to get so many people to tell him what they tell him. If anyone comes to you with this, please let them know this part that I just told you and it may help them and make them feel a little bit better. The most experienced the, the most I experienced is him making statements in his teachings and calling what I do evil and saying I will be going to hell and through mind manipulation for lack of better terms getting me to tell him things I would not normally share with another person. God bless you in your ministry. Uh, another email from her and we're going to be looking at a lot of different emails but I wanted to give her a voice altogether. Uh, Hello Scott, I read the messages, others you have sent you, and the statement that Ed made no sense at all is true. From what I read at the bottom, I am believing he made no sense because what he was saying was not true. I have lied huge lies about others in the past, and when I lied, I could not keep thoughts together in a manner that would allow me to make sense when I spoke. I know this is a feeble example, but it is the best one I can lean upon. You know, I love honesty. And I mean, you know, not a lot of people would admit that. But again, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new as a new creature in Christ. So that's what the Bible says. Remember the pit from whence you were dug. And and again, it's very important that we do this. Why? Because remembering the pit from whence we are dug is a humbling thing. And humility um, is a very very important attribute uh, regarding going to the Lord. She goes on to say, the sad part is I wish it were not true. This is so sad and heartbreaking. My heart goes out to all those who have been harmed. And I pray God bring Ed to a point of repentance. Thinking about this, it's all a result of pride. Look at Mike and where he was at. Look at Ed, where he was at. Both seem to have succumbed to the pride from having a little knowledge and many followers. I can understand I have given in to pride for these very reasons before. Thank God I've had people to pull me off my high horse and bring me back to reality. She nailed it. I mean, she totally nailed it. Pride is blinding and it gives the flesh its most talented desires. Its most wanted desires, I'm sorry. Even if only for a time. But the desires pride gives to the flesh is nothing more than an illusion. May God bring both of them to repentance along with everyone else included, including me. Amen. I mean, praise the Lord. Now, we've already discussed some of these things, but biblical qualifications for a pastor, bishop, elder, deacon, or spiritual overseer 1 Timothy 3, 1-7 through seven says, This is a true saint. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. And again, this is pastor, bishop, elder, spiritual overseer. Okay, A bishop must be blameless. Now, can we say, just reading what we've read so far, that Ed is blameless. The husband of one wife. We've already talked about that. He's on his third wife. Vigilant, sober, of good behavior. I've seen a lot of real bad behavior, and we're only going to see way more in what we're getting ready to read. Given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy a filthy lucre, no striker. Well, this man, it seems he's bent on wanting to fight. I'm not saying he's going around punching everybody in the head, but, you know, he's wanting to fight. But patient, not a brawler. Again... Uh, It seems like he is just, wherever this man goes, from what everything, all the information I've gathered, he is so contentious. And this is the whole thing of not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man not knoweth how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice. As far as I'm concerned, he's proven himself to be that in his actions, lest being lifted up with pride... What did what did the listener just say? Pride, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into condemnation of the devil. And I'm telling you, it was the first sin ever recorded in the Bible. If you really think about it, because Satan was the first one that fell, and this most likely preceded the Garden of Eden. Well, why did Satan fall? Well, it says it in Ezekiel because of his merchandise and because of his beauty, he was lifted up. Well, isn't that pride? Yeah, it's pride. It's the first sin in the Bible. It's pride blinds you. I mean, Satan actually started thinking that he was going to usurp the throne of God. He had to be pretty delusional. okay? had to be pretty delusional to do that. Um, and what happened? He was lifted up with pride. And this is what we all have to guard against, particularly the more knowledge that we acquire. And this is why I believe one of the first things the Lord ever showed me was fear of God and humility not only before God, but before your fellow man, and uh, something that you should pray for, fear of God and humility. I really believe that, Um, because this can happen so easy. Then going further, it says, moreover, he must have a good report of them, which are without. (laughs) Well, uh, I'm not calling what we're talking about today a very good report. Now, I understand the Jesus Christ is blessed to you when all men persecute you and speak evil of you for my sake, for great is your reward. Okay? That's, that's suffering for the cause of righteousness. What we're talking about today is not Ed suffering for the cause of righteousness, which is what he's laying this out to be in his particularly his last uh, uh, teaching that he just put up on Sermon Audio. He's not suffering for the cause of righteousness. He's suffering for the cause of wickedness, his own wickedness. And, and again, if you're not convinced of that, just hang with us. Uh, let's go here more. Moreover, he must have a good report of them, which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Um, this this lady had emailed me. Now, this is just somebody that I... just on my email list. She just emailed me this out of the blue. I didn't solicit this or anything. One of my longtime listeners, Jane, she says, I believe... Regarding Slattery, I believe I found the item I was looking for regarding Ed Watch and Ed Watson Purging Eleven. Now this is the one where he we went after Mike Slattery. This is the one that unfortunately I promoted. Oh boy, what a lunkhead move on my part. Anyway, um, it's really weird because I have I have heard that Ed is going to be kicked off sermon audio. And it was really weird because the other day I was up on Sermon Audio and I looked to the right where they have all the uh, little teachings that are posted that you you have to pay for. It's like $25, I think, to post. And um, he had this teaching up there, Purging Levin, Ed Watson. He was promoting it. You know, I mean, like the week before he's going to be kicked off, he's going after uh, Mike Slattery again. Uh, I don't don't, don't understand it, but anyway... um, then she goes on to say, "Listening to Edward Watson made me feel sick to my stomach. What a creep!" That's what she said. Um, you know, it's all—it's all, it's all going to be all in this document. I'm going to put up there. And I will say, I don't know how long this is going to be up on sermon audio. So, um, if you have a way to download it, if you want to hear it, you better—you better get up there and do it. And, and that's why I say, I'm asking people to rate this uh, in a positive way because these people need to have a voice. It's not about me. It's not about me getting exposure. I could That's the least of my concerns. Um, but it's about these other people having a voice. So let's go further. Um, this is another one from, from Jane. She says, um, I only listened to one sermon, but I looked at all his other titles as well. He definitely believes he is called to expose this stuff, but unlike you and others who continually provide documentation and the humble... But insistent way, he seems to not be much more than a gossiper and one who really enjoys strife. He mocks slattery continually as he exposed his failings, which is a dead giveaway. He has a spirit or two working in him. Uh, this is like the whole thing you know when you point a finger you got four fingers pointing back at you. This really is literally a time when judge not lest ye be judged okay now that verse is, is put out by a lot of people. Saying we have no right to judge anything. That's that's a bunch of garbage. Because the Bible says he was spiritual, judge of all things. Jesus said judge righteous judgment. The Bible also says if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Well, what does judging ourselves imply? Humility. If you're full of pride, you're not going to be judging yourselves. But if you're full of pride, you're going to be really looking to judge all the other people's sins that are around you. Now, when Jesus said, judge not lest ye be judged, what was the context of that parable? Or that verse? Well, the context was, when you have a beam in your own eye, don't you dare judge the speck in your brother's. First, cast out the beam in your own eye so you can see the speck in your brother's eye. And this is the case with, from what I can see with Ed Watson. He's judging with beams in his own eye. Uh, so, anyway, I um, just wanted to throw that in. Uh, let's see. He enjoys strife. He mocks flattery. Uh, he seemed very Immature which in the ministry he has set himself up and is very, very dangerous and could be eternally damaging. I agree. Then he goes, she goes on to say, I felt his exposure of Slattery's apparently private consultations with him regarding the gory details of his marital affairs was absolutely out of line. Now, I got that from a lot of people. And I, I really got some rebukes from, from some people for me promoting Ed's teaching. Because normally, see, I'll be honest, I didn't want to do a teaching... On Mike Slattery. Ed was more than willing. That's what he does. I didn't want to do it. I love Mike Slattery. <laughs> and I knew, though, that he had hurt some of my listeners. And I thought I was kind of in a rock and a hard place. I'm not saying I made the right decision. And I apologize to those that were traumatized by Ed's teaching. This purging out the old Levin teaching regarding Mike Slattery. I also knew that I had to do something. And I guess uh, what I should have done in hindsight is really looked at this further, but I didn't have all the particulars on Ed Watson. I was trusting him and thinking that he was, you know, what he was represented to be, a great guy and all these other things. And unfortunately, I got taken in by Ed Watson, just like Pastor Adams did, and he'll be the first to admit it to you. People like him are very good at what they do, and they're very good when they initially come in contact with you of being real buddy buddy. Uh, and, and he's very good. I remember the night I met him. Really good. Uh, but anyway, so let's go further. Uh, uh, exposing problems, evil apostasy in the church or not. No one should be hearing of the details, the gory details that he mentioned. And I just don't believe his approach would cause anyone to accept his counseling man I, I remember when he got on the phone with me about um Mike schlattery and my words like the first five minutes and he was saying this stuff and I'm thinking whoa whoa Ed I don't need to know all this <laughs> I don't need to know all this stuff about Mike man and the problem is is once he says it that thought's in your head and it's like man I don't want that thought in my head but, uh, I don't know. He did that to me on several occasions about different things. This was before I found out about him. I've heard his, his, his side of the story, too, regarding um, Pastor Adams. In fact, I was rather taken in at the time, and although I wasn't against Pastor Adams, I was listening to Ed Watson, all the, all the slander he was leveling against um, Pastor Adams. And I'm really ashamed to admit that. But again people like this are so good at what they do and they can take you in and it's so subtle you just don't even know it's even hardly happening um, but anyway the Lord the Lord showed me better uh, let's see here and I just don't believe his approach would cause anyone to accept his counseling or worse restore anyone to a local fellowship that kind of ridicule and humiliation seems to seems seems to me would have done permanent damage so God bless you Jane and okay next Okay, now we're going to talk about the Virginia debacle. And I'm going to go ahead and go to part two here. It's going to be a good time to end this one. And we'll go to part two, and maybe we'll be able to get this done. Yeah, I think we'll be able to get this done in two parts. God bless you.